Hi, Madonna Louise Veronica Ciccone here. When will you understand that I am a person and not a thing? Look it up. Do something else. Do my eyebrows. Better to say, am I being true to myself? And is this what I want to say? And have I expressed myself the way I want to express myself? I mean, that's what it's all about. You're listening to MLVC, the Madonna podcast, your place for all things Madonna Louise Veronica Ciccone. Hey, everybody, it's Stefan. Hey, guys, it's Tony. And um, you know what? That baby that Madonna was keeping in Papa Don't Preach is 35. So, oh my God. And we have not aged a day. No, not even. I'm still 13. Um, so as everyone knows or should have known this past May commemorated the 30th anniversary of the release of Madonna's groundbreaking and insanely iconic documentary, Truth or Dare. New York Magazine's pop culture blog Vulture recently published an article titled The Oral History of Madonna's Truth or Dare, written by journalist Matthew Jacobs. And today on the show, Matt is joining us. Welcome, Matt. Hello. Thank you. Hi, for Matt. Having Welcome. Me. This is so fun. I would it's my be my dream to talk about truth or dare. I know, right? I would be re- <laughs> remiss if I didn't say that yours was the first article to like um, come out, and now there's like a slew of them, right? From you know different reputable um, journalistic institutions, but I think yours is the best. I'm just going to say that now. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, we specifically timed it to beat the date of the anniversary in hopes that we would get ahead of whatever mm-hmm. the other coverages knowing that every five years there's like an onslaught of truth or dare memorabilia out there on the internet and beyond um but thank you very much well dirty 30 is a big that's a big year you know it's uh you knew that people were going to be putting that out and Mm -hmm. uh and yeah we're we're gonna get to a little bit of truth or dare a little little later in the program matt how has your pandemic been treating you is that your workspace that i see you sitting in Yes, I have been, I've spent the past, I guess we're at what month, um, 15, 500,000 and 17,000. <laughs> yeah. Um, in a studio apartment with my boyfriend in New York. So <laughs> it's been a journey to say the least. <laughs> um, I'm still here working, um, in my little corner in front of a, a nice brick wall and a window. And my boyfriend works on the other side of the apartment um, and we've, you know, coexisted pleasantly in spite of the, uh, the limitations, I suppose. So can't complain too much. Really. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, you, we've all made it through. That's, yes. that's, that's what counts. We're on, yes. we're, on we're on the, the up and up. Tony, this, how, how is everything in your world going these days? Oh, I have no idea. Just working all the time. I, you know, have been working since we went into lockdown. I need a vacation. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, things are kind of crazy. My the apartment I live in is is has been sold, so I have to move for the first time in thirteen years. And let wow. me tell you, people, you do not realize the amount of crap that you mm. collect in closets and drawers. <laughs> and I am starting to purge, and I'm just like, let's start fresh. You know, like get rid of some stuff. I mean, my couch is falling apart, so that's hitting the curb, but, um, I don't quite know where I'm headed just yet. I have a, I have a, uh, pseudo sublet, but, um, if anyone, if anyone has a, a sublet or an apartment for rent that I can afford for super cheap, please let me know. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, but most exciting, super excited. 
I I can't tell you what project it is, but I'm going to be on set of a very famous television show. Uh, Emmy award winning show. Emmy award winning television show. Mm. I'm super excited. I. It's crazy the amount of COVID tests I've had to have in order to get on this set. Uh, I will say it is not the new Sex in the City show. I want to be on that show, but it is mm-hmm. not that it is not that show. So, um, but once I'm on it, once it airs, I think probably next year, I'll trust me. You'll hear, you'll hear all about it. I'll be like, look, there's my arm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just doing background work. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a guest star or anything. I have no lines. Well, yeah. That's you gotta start lot of, somewhere, right? Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and that's how a lot of people got discovered. So you know, right? Look at um, yeah, oh, look, tons of people. Yeah. There's tons <laughs> of people. <laughs> you name all. Oh, I was gonna say Bradley Cooper. Look at Bradley Cooper. He was you know on Inside the Actors Studio, and now he's you know. Oh, that's right. And look at him now. <laughs> Academy Award nominee, right? He didn't mm-hmm. win that award, did he? No, did he? he didn't win. No, okay. Well, he he was good though. I liked that. He's him. been nominated a lot and never won. Actually, mm-hmm. not yet. He's too young. He's too young. It's. Uh, well, uh, since this Anywho. is not a Bradley Cooper podcast, <laughs> I am going to go <laughs> ahead and, and give uh, Matthew a you know a short in- introduction. You know, Matthew Jacobs is a culture writer in New York City who covers movies, TV, and sometimes Madonna. Matt's work has appeared in Vulture, The Cut, Rolling Stone, Huffington Post, and many other publications. Welcome again, so, Matt. Yeah, that's, thank you. I, I love I, when I saw your article. I'm like, we need to have him on the show. Mm. Mm. Well, I've listened to the podcast for a while because I love all the deep dives that you do with the various dancers in particular who have mm-hmm. toured with her. I just go crazy for all those anecdotes. So it's it's an honor to be here, um, especially to get to talk about what really was a dream project yes, for me. Right. This, I this mean deep, deep, deep dive on on Truth or Dare. That's the, assi- I wondered that's the when assignment I, you want to get at work. Yes, if, exactly. If, if your boss is like, what are we gonna cover this week? It's like truth or dare? Absolutely. Yeah. Sign me yeah. up. I wondered when I first started with it whether there was really anything left to say about the film. Because like I said, every five years, I mean, you can Google and find from the 25th anniversary, the 20th anniversary, interviews with Alec Kashishian, with various other folks involved with the film, various think pieces and essays and lookbacks on kind of like what the film's legacy is. And mm-hmm. I just wondered, like, is there something left to say about it? And so I decided to say everything about it. Yeah. My goal was to write the... Uh, the truth or dare piece to end all truth or dare pieces, so to speak. And so no, that, 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 that it's been well received. That makes perfect sense because, you know, for the 20 year anniversary, we didn't have a strike oppose the documentary. That's right. So oh, right. there was a whole other suitcase of story that got unpacked between 20 and 30 years. That's so. really true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. But before we go any further down the yellow brick road of truth or dare, um, <laughs> I do want to do a, a little bit of this week in Chaconi, not not too much, but Matt, can you, in your best journalist voice, can you can you give us a and now this week in Chaconi, and now this week in Chaconi. <laughs> now I don't know what she's been up to this week because I haven't been on Instagram, but I hope someone took her phone away. <laughs> well, as you know, Tony, she's. Still working on the Madame X DVD. Uh, that seems to be, I think, her project for 2021 uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, I mean, Mike Dean's still smoking copious amounts of weed. Uh, however, it did appear that she's filmed something. She was 
She had a team of people. It looked like she was in a studio. She remember she was she was wearing some of those clothing. Now some people are theorizing maybe she was filming a part for her video mm-hmm. uh, for her boyfriend's album. You know, a video for her boyfriend. Yeah. Of course, I'm dreaming. That she's doing a visual album for brand new music. Oh, you know, keep dreaming. I know, I know of that's course, a, I know, yes. I know. Um, but uh, I just saw that Ruby Wax, British comedian and actress. She's posted, actually American. Is she? Yeah, she's American. She moved to England and never looked back. Oh, so she's like uh She's like Gillian Anderson. She sort of yeah. has a, the. She goes back and forth. Yeah. yeah. So she's got sort of like a British affectation yeah. when she's in London, but when she yeah, comes, you never to know which accent is going to come out. Exactly. <laughs> which was also true of Madonna at one point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So sorry, Ruby Wax, sometimes British comedian and actress. <laughs> uh, she posted a shot of her um, recently uh, today. I think it was today on Instagram or whatnot, but behind her on TV was a shot from her 1994 interview with Madonna and the caption read big announcement coming soon. So I'm either she's trolling Madonna fans just for fun, or maybe her and Madonna have reunited for an, another interview. Maybe that's what Madonna was getting gussied up for. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I'm curious I mean, Tony, you've mentioned that Ruby Wax also does script writing. Well, yeah, I mean, Ruby Wax famously wrote for Absolutely Fabulous and, you know, other uh, British, you know, comedy shows. But I don't know. I mean, I think it's kind of a stretch to say that she's suddenly a screenwriter working on Madonna's movie, you know? (laughs) Imagine. Suddenly (laughs) Madonna's biopic's like a rom-com, you know? She's she's just like, the whole concept's changed and desperately seeking Madonna. Where's our favorite pop star? You know, who knows where it's going? You know, my my question is the question that I ask every week, every day, every hour, where the hell is Madame X? That's, and I'm just going to leave it there, you know? Did you get to see Madame X? Matthew, I did. I saw it. At, oh, that's right. Um, I saw your really good tickets. Yeah, you. Said yes, you... yes. Uh, I was very serious about that lottery, <laughs> that wild lottery system that uh, her team did for it. I saw it uh, pretty close up at the Brooklyn Academy of Music mm-hmm. in uh, in Brooklyn, um, and. Uh, yeah, what a wild... Uh, I'm glad that she did a theater tour finally because she had talked about it for so long. In fact, Vincent Patterson, who choreographed Blonde Ambition, mm-hmm. told me that they had been talking about it as early as then, as just mm. like this kind of thing in the offing that maybe she'd get to at one point. Um, so yes, I, I did and 30, see it. And, and I, 30 years later, she did. 30 years later. And so yes, I would like to get this DVD before the year is out. <laughs> for Christmas. And, yeah, right. <laughs> Um, Madonna for the holidays. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, my whole thing is that you, you, you need the tour film to end the era. Then we can all yes. to exhale and then go on to the next thing. But exactly, and the era feels so protracted at this point. Consi- I mean, especially with the pandemic, Madame X feels like a lifetime. Oh God! Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, twenty twenty is sort of like a lost year. It was as if we all sort of fell into a either a coma or a black hole or both. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we've sort of like now come through the wormhole. Like we're Jodie Foster at contact and we're trying to, every, to trying to get everyone to believe that we were gone for, for 18 hours. And everyone's like, bitch, you fell through the hole into the water. It was two, <laughs> it was two seconds. You, know, you didn't go anywhere. 
that's that's what Madame X is becoming. It's Jodie Foster in contact. But um, I'm beginning to think that I imagined Madame X. <laughs> I know. Well, I remember when she was doing those Instagram live sessions with Diablo Cody for the biopic mm-hmm. screenplay, thinking to myself, just as at, in addition to just how weird that whole setup was that they seemed to have going between them, why is she skipping ahead to this instead of editing Madame X. Uh, so I've, we, I, people have been confused with this for a long time, I think. Oh, trust me, I've been project managing this project that I am not even, <laughs> you know, involved yes. with the entire time. I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. who's on the call sheet today? Who's working? <laughs> who's, uh, who's ordering lunch? You know, I'm mm-hmm. nothing. Just mason jars full of weed. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just hope that it's not going to be as over-edited as her most recent oh, stadium Lord. tour. Exactly. From um, your mouth films to, have yeah, been. Yeah, that, that's actually been uh, what everyone that I've talked to about this, that's their wish, you know? Like, just yeah. let let us see it. Let us see you perform. Let, let it, let it will be for yeah. God's sake. Yes. I don't I want mean, to... isn't that the whole point of doing this intimate version yeah. of what you're so famous for doing and don't, don't bungle it now. Exactly. We don't yeah. need like, to I, see. I want, I want Madonna Palm Springs, not Madonna Vegas. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, calm, cool, just buy a pool. I want some, you know, some, just just nice and easy, Madonna. Yeah. I, you know, she's putting too much pressure on herself. And I think that if she mm-hmm. just let it go a little bit, everyone would let it go a little bit. I'll be mm-hmm. curious once it all finally comes out, you know, like once we finally get it, we'll either be like, that was amazing. It was worth the wait. Or we'll be like, why did that take so long? <laughs> I know. Especially because I think at this point, for the most part, aside from the fact that the tickets were pretty expensive to that tour, mm-hmm. I think only the diehards are really anxious to see it. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's on anyone's radar. I think when it gets yeah. announced, they'll be like, oh, Madonna had a tour? Right, right. I mean, maybe if she'll do some press for it, for its release, like she Mm -hmm. needs to kind of stoke some enthusiasm. Goodness knows, we'd love to have her on the show to talk about it, you know? Plant that feeler now. Yeah, exactly. We always put it out in the universe. Madonna, Mm -hmm. come on our show and talk about the Madame X DVD. She actually, she could come on this podcast and talk about whatever the fuck she wants. Of course. Uh, We would, there'd be no, like, she could just come on the podcast, Tony and I could say hello, and she could talk the rest of the time. But do you think that you guys could contain yourselves if that happened? I mean, how overjoyed would you? I mean, I... How how intimidated would you be? I've been on... Tony would cry. Well, I've been on a set with her, and um, I was, we were told, you cannot talk to her unless she speaks to you, and even, even then, just you need to work, you know, you need to not be distracted. So I didn't, you know, I heard her in the background, but I was looking down at my screen the entire time. So, you know, you just kind of have to like cut it, you know, shut it down, I guess. Yeah. But, um, I'm thinking, you know, I always think like, Oh, if you did have a chance to talk to her, I would only talk to her about her movies, which is weird, but that's, Oh, I would love mm, that. Like, I just want to get like the movies she was acting in or the movies she's directed. No, everything, everything about film, because, um, I feel like she's a frustrated, you know, actress and, and there's so much there that I would rather talk to her about than about dancing. You know what I mean? Hmm. She'd probably I would be love down. That. She'd so, be down for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she would appreciate that. It's the one thing that nobody seems to really ask her much about. Yeah, anymore. yeah. More. 
keep that, put that little feather in your cap, Tony. So that way, if we ever do get her on the show, we can be just like, Madonna, we just want to talk about, we don't want to talk about your music. We just want to talk about your movies. Yeah. She'd be like, what? Why? <laughs> I hate looking back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. I did interview her in 2015 when Rebel Heart came out when I was working at the Huffington Post. And it is the most, I mean, I've interviewed a lot of celebrities in my life mm-hmm. and Obviously, it is. I've never been as just like shaking in my boots, intimidated as okay. I have walking. Wait, into so that ha- wait. Room. I was like, we didn't. I did not know about this before mm-hmm. we we had you uh, invited you on. How did you tell us all about this? Yeah, start now. So, <laughs> I interviewed her at the record labels offices in Midtown Manhattan in person. And in person, yes. Oh Jesus! I had thirty minutes in a room alone with her and Liz. <gasps> no pressure. Yeah, seriously. I know. There was a. Um, um, what do you call like? Did, did the, you wear diapers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should have. <laughs> she offered me a red vine when I walked into the room, you know, the candy yeah. that's similar to Twizzlers. And of, of course, you're not going to say no to Madonna offering you anything. <laughs> but I'm also trying to conduct an interview. So I couldn't really chew and talk at the mm-hmm. same time. <laughs> so I took one bite from the red vine and then just held it in my hand for the rest of the duration. I think amazing. I would have been like, um, I'm sorry, I prefer Twizzlers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but she was, I mean, it, she was in a little bit of a mood because the album had leaked. Mm. And so she was doing mm. a lot of her press cycle was in response to kind of having like pushed up the release and and handled all the leak stuff and she was a little sensitive about recounting all of those details Mm -hmm. and i mean if anybody left a room with madonna and said oh she was so lovely i would say who did you just (laughs) sit with (laughs) so it's not that i had that experience with it but it was a fascinating and uh eventful uh you know Mm -hmm. experience for me (laughs) did this happen before or after the brits award incident it was after the brit awards because i remember talking about the cape that armani had made Mm -hmm. for her that got you know ripped off and that yes that that caused the tumble and she was very critical of the design of the cape and what armani had told her about the details about getting the string untied in time and because I think that Armani, somebody from Armani had said something about her being ill-prepared or something to get the cape off in time. And she was saying that she thought it was a uh, uh, unclassy thing for them Mm -hmm. to to say about it. So, uh, yes, it was after the Brit Awards. I think it was the night the eve of the release of Rebel Heart. Oh, okay. Okay. Needless to say, Madonna never wore Giorgio Armani Atelier again. Right. (laughs) And she's also never wearing uh, tie strings anymore. It's all Mm -hmm. Velcro. It's all Velcro. Velcro. She's just like, just tear away pants, you know, like magic mic that shit, Madonna. Um, (laughs) Last but not least on our list of what Madonna's been up to this week, I think Beautiful Stranger remixes are out. So everyone can bop around to their favorite remix. I think the only one that I ever really remember resonating with me was the Calderon Club remix, which is like if you were on some sort of club drug at 3 a.m. <laughs> at the Roxy and you didn't know where you were, that's the song that would come on. And I remember being at a bar in Palm Springs when I'm very disoriented and seeing the uh, Beautiful Stranger video for the first time. Mm. And I told everyone to shut up. 
like the bartender. <laughs> I mean, it was like <laughs> loud too. And I was like, shut up. I'm trying to watch this. Uh, yeah. I Sorry. That just came out of nowhere. <laughs> I was young when that video came out and my mom was sort of, uh, limiting about, you know, the media that I could consume. I think I was like nine at the time. And I remember knowing that I was like a really early pop culture adopter and Madonna was always my favorite. And mm-hmm. um, I remember the promos on like VH1 and TV for the premiere of the video. And I knew it was going to be that morning and VH1 was going to play it at mm-hmm. some point before I had to leave for school. <laughs> and I remember my mom saying that I wasn't allowed to watch it because she knows what Madonna's reputation in music videos is. But she happened to go outside to smoke a cigarette when the video came on. (laughs) And so I watched the hell out of it and I was so excited. (laughs) And she looked really good in that video. I really like, she's very on trend with like, you know, the the pants and then like the mm -hmm. halter top and the Manila Blonics. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, she's yeah. gorgeous. I re- uh, a late friend of mine always used to say, if he could come back in life as a woman, he would be Madonna from the Beautiful Stranger video. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And, and the like, deep knee squats. Uh, right, exactly. And it's a fun song for you know. I think for uh, an upbeat non-album track, that's one of my favorites from Madonna. Yeah. You know, it's I mean, it's a soundtrack. I love song. Beautiful Stranger. Yeah, I mean, I love all of her soundtrack work, and this is no exception. You know, it's just well, as and great. also. That song produced by William Orbit sort of lives in the like ray of light world a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But she sounds so good on that song. And I just, I feel like the William Orbit tracks that are on like the music album and obviously ray of light, but Mm -hmm. more so the music album and beautiful stranger. She has a voice quality that just sounds so rich and so wonderful. And I love that. And I'm like, it's very interesting that she doesn't have that with the music, like the Mirrorways tracks on music, mm, yeah. but she yeah. does with the William Orbit track. So I don't, they must produce her voice separately differently. But anyway, I digress. All right. Since Matt compiled such a deep dive into Madonna's Truth or Dare, we wanted to have a bit of a chat about that. So where do we start? Um, yeah. Tell us about um, the assignment. I mean, did you pitch it or was it brought up to you? This was my brainchild. I knew that I, if I could come up with either a unique angle or do something really comprehensive that I definitely wanted to try to do something for the 30th anniversary. I have, I normally, I mostly write about movies and Hollywood and a little bit of TV, but I periodically find excuses to work Madonna coverage into my repertoire. So as there, one should. Yeah. Absolutely. And so when there are anniversaries, I always think about, is there something new to say? Or, um, you know, I remember when Rebel Heart kicked off, I when the tour kicked off, I did like a retrospective interview with Patrick Leonard. Like I'm always looking for little mm-hmm. opportunities to squeeze in my Madonna indulgences. And so... <laughs> um, With this one, I just sort of said, let me see if I can get anyone and everyone who has a hand in this film, behind the scenes, in front of the camera. And that is is really the way that I approached it. I at least attempted to track down, I think, almost every face that you see in the film Mm -hmm. and all of the credited producers and even folks like who were involved with Blonde Ambition, like Vincent Patterson, the choreographer who I mentioned, Mm -hmm. um, and just kind of let it evolve from there and made it a 
um, kind of start to finish history of the film. Mm-hmm. And that's what you see now on Vulture. Yep. Yeah, no, it was, I was, Tony and I were both extremely jealous that you got to speak to some of the people that you've gotten to speak to because we've reached out to some of those people. Mm. And I guess because we don't have New York Magazine backing us, they've been <laughs> like, no, sorry, we're not interested. Like, I've sure. been bothering Alex Kashishian's people to try to get them mm. on the show. Mm, not right now. No, sorry. And I was just like, okay, fine. Um, I mean, we're, we're extremely fortunate that we've been able to get the people on that we have. But, yes, um, I mean, you have, a, I think you guys have spoken to all of the dancers who agreed to speak with me, Oliver, Carlton, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get the other guys. Alec was interesting. Um, he did agree, or his his managers agreed to um, schedule the interview pretty quickly. But then when I got on the phone with him, kind of his first statement to me was, I really hope that you're going to make this about the progress that this film represented for the gay community and not the juicy behind-the-scenes celebrity aspect of it. Mm-hmm. To which I said, of course I want the juicy backstage celebrity aspect of it. What are you talking about? Um, so, but obviously both exist in, in harmony. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, but he was, he was lovely and very, very uh, uh, fun to talk to. Mm-hmm. Out of curiosity, did you reach out to John Draper, the tour manager? I did not. I did not. <laughs> because did not. he turned me down. <laughs> I was really upset over that. Well, yeah. I did not. I didn't go that deep into the Blonde mm-hmm. Ambition lore just because I knew the Blonde Ambition section was going to be short. So it's yeah. just like, just give me a couple folks and, but go on. No, no. It's just that John Draper's, you know, he stuck out from the beginning and it became kind of like an inside joke with me and a lot of people. And, and, you know, it's like, I want to talk to that guy, you know, but um, he was, you know, I, as I mentioned on the show before, he was very nice. He wrote back. He's like, I live upstate. I haven't worked in music in 25 years. That mm. tour was amazing and it changed everything, but good luck. You know, I was like, all right. <laughs> you know what? Now that you say it, I do remember his name being on my long list of people to reach out to. And mm. I either couldn't track down an email address or I'm not sure where the, the, yeah. uh, the breakdown there was, but. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, he's one of the people that's like name checked by Madonna, so it's yeah, you know, it's yes, it's it's right. part of the dialogue, you know. Mm-hmm. Wait, so Matthew, you weren't old enough to see Truth or Dare when it was in the movies, right? Oh I mean, no, I don't, were I you was, even uh, alive? I mean, if, if I you was, were if you were nine when Beautiful Stranger came out, I was two months old when Truth or Dare <laughs> opened. Oh, how precious! A Truth or Dare yes. baby. That's sweet. I know, I know. <laughs> I think I first, I mean, I definitely first saw it when I was in high school and when I was in my long era of catching up on all the Madonna, um, you know, paraphernalia that I had, that predated my time on this earth. Mm-hmm. And of course, I've <laughs> since seen it, you know, a dozen times. I mean, so I'm technically, like technically, your mother could have seen Blonde Ambition and then took took note of the Like a Virgin Yes. performance and, and that's there how you I came are. to be yeah nine months well, later i mean i yes. was i was doing the math and i was thinking you could have been conceived while vogue was playing on the radio you know right <laughs> right absolutely. yeah that is absolutely possible <laughs> i assume had that happened that my mother would not have been so resistant to me consuming madonna <laughs> imagery um but it is a great thought mm-hmm. yeah let's just go with that Wait, so know? when did you yeah. when did you first see truth or dare then in life. I I believe I must have rented it in high school. I was a big movie buff, big pop culture buff all around. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Blockbuster and video stores were ve- definitely a haven for me in middle school and high school. And I just, um, 
I loved like classic Hollywood and the Oscars and just mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff. And then I also, of course, loved less so maybe toward, you know, y- you get to that like late high school, early college phase where you're like, oh, I don't like pop music. I listen to indie shit yeah. or like, whatever. <laughs> so I definitely had that in me too. But I loved pop and I love pop divas in particular. And so I definitely think I would have rented it in high school at some point if I could get my hands on it. But I, I, so I don't have a vivid memory of the time that I first sat down to watch it, which is strange because I do have so many vivid memories of my first experiences with various Madonna moments. But, um, but I know I've seen it. Mm-hmm. So I, did you rewatch it in, order, in, in advance of writing the article or interviewing I the did. people? I did. I did. I, I watched it and sort of took notes on just like funny lines and different people who appear and, and things like that to try to track down some of the like I really wanted Melissa, her assistant. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Who's in it, who I just could not find. And I asked a couple people like, can you get her or whatever? Mm-hmm. And nobody heard back. So I was really trying to dig deep into it. I, I at one point was exchanging emails and voicemails with um, her chiropractor who oh, does nice. the adjustment and everything. And we just couldn't. Julie, just get, sh- shut up. Julie. Julie. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, just, just tune it out. Just Stephen, you up. say that all the time. I'm, and like the first couple of times I heard you say that, I didn't make the connection. I was like, who the hell is Julie? And why is he always talking about her? <laughs> it's yeah. Well, no, Ju- I don't know who Julie is. It's not, Julie's not the chiropractor. No, she's but just she's a girl in the background. And she's like, Alec, no, you can't feel me getting an adjustment. And, you hear the the voice she's like just tune it out and she's like julie shut up julie you know <laughs> julie is the masseuse actually oh okay, okay. i i i correct self-correction yeah not the chiropractor the masseuse mm-hmm. who is yeah hover kind of hovers in the background and she was willing to talk but we just couldn't make our timing work by the by my well, you know who we we've people are always telling us you should get moira mcfarlane on the show and i was like we would love to get another moira. dream mm-hmm. i tried to find love. mora of it's course i tried to find mora i tried to get christopher her brother mm-hmm. um yeah i i found an email address for christopher that went no warren Beatty. I tried Warren Beatty, of course. Uh, radio silence from his people. Same with David Fincher um, and Kevin Costner. Uh, well, Sandra but Bernhardt I love that, said no. I love that you weaved in old, like, points from articles that they had like made quotes in, basically. Yeah, shout out to my editor, Brennan Carley, who um, gave great notes on the piece, and that was actually his suggestion to go back and get Madonna's voice in there, yeah. in spite of the fact that she, of course, did not agree Contribute, to Contribute, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> did you reach out to her people? Oh, yes, very, yes. In fact, I waited until I had done a handful of interviews so that I could go to them and say, look at all these people that I've spoken to. Wouldn't she like to be able to speak for herself on this as well? <laughs> You'd and think. A, an immediate you know. no. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, because no, we actually say sorry, that to her no. management, too. We're like, look at all these people. And We've like, spoken to all these people. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Often it's a great tactic for landing celebrity interviews. Mm-hmm. Not celebrities like Madonna, though. You yeah. know, but, you know... Th- I understand that she's very busy. That's what they tell us. She's very, very busy. Sure. So, yeah. Sure. I'll, I'll respect that. She has a, an important <laughs> edit to finish. And frankly, Indeed. I'd rather her get done with that. Yeah, maybe once maybe, maybe once she's done with it, then she'll have some time. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like she doesn't really care that much about Truth or Dare at this point because, I mean, when she was at the MoMA and she spoke, at, mm-hmm. it was the 20th anniversary, she's like, I don't even own this movie. Like, I, she's like, I have mm. to buy clips from this film if I want to use it in my work. She's like, you know, it's, it's it, basically she was just kind of like letting it go, you know, but mm. she still did That's show so up at the MoMA, you know? Right, I remember that. That's so funny that she would say that she doesn't own it because, of course, she has an archive. Where mm-hmm. I remember asking her when I interviewed her where she keeps the sex book. Mm-hmm. And she said it's buried in my archive somewhere. So as if she wouldn't have a copy of Truth or Dare, but okay. Is that her Upper West Side apartment? Is that what she now is like? That's her archive? That entire apartment is just like a museum? Doesn't seem like I, I don't know there. for sure, but that is what I assumed she I meant assumed, when she yeah. referred to her archive. Yes, like I assume that that's where she just because every time you like she's in town, if she's in that apartment, yeah. she's trying on old dresses and stuff. Mm. And well, yeah, think about it. That's the one place that she's had since the eighties. Um, everything else, everywhere else she's lived, she's you know sold it and moved. That's true. But that apartment she bought with Sean Penn in nineteen eighty seven. So mm. I'm sure there's secrets hidden everywhere in that apartment. <laughs> I guess she can relocate it to the Weekends house now that she mm-hmm. has bought it in Los Angeles. I don't care how it gets there; just send it over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm sure Madonna's a very nice lady. I just sometimes like to take that stance that she's like you know cracking that whip you know she's very business Mm -hmm. i'm sure yes well so wait other than the people that we mentioned was there somebody else that you thought we need to have this this person in order to like tell the story of truth or dare and you just weren't able to get them well who i really wanted well i'll say first of all i was so thrilled when liz rosenberg said yes Mm -hmm. i don't believe that liz has given an interview about madonna since they parted ways in 2015 and in fact when i when i first emailed her her response was well i don't give interviews often about my clients or former clients um, but who do you have participating? And I gave her the list and she said, okay, I will rewatch Truth or Dare, which I have not seen since it first opened. Wow. And I will agree to talk to you. So she watched it the night before we talked and that was interesting to hear her <laughs> recollections of it. Um, but s- in the similar camp who I really wanted, of course, was Freddie DeMann, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. who Alec and the producers um, insisted was adamantly opposed to truth or dare and who also i don't think has given an interview about madonna that i can recall in a long time no ever he retired and never he must have a really tight nda uh i yes i bet well so i emailed him i found an email address for him i sent him three emails that went unanswered And then I finally said, would you just answer some questions via email if you don't want to do a phone conversation? Smart. And he responded and said, maybe, period. (laughs) Freddie! So I just went ahead. (laughs) Yeah. I just went ahead and typed out, I think, six or seven questions. Nothing too invasive. Mm -hmm. It was like, what do you remember about first hearing about Truth or Dare? What was your reaction to it? What do you think of the film today? So on and so forth. And 
he very quickly responded and said, I do not feel comfortable answering any of these questions. Wow. Well, you got close, you know? That's strange. I I got close. And then I just said, is there anything at all you would (laughs) like to say about Truth or Dare? And it was, again, silence. Mm. Interesting. So I would have loved to get Freddie DeMann in there. And then I knew this was never going to happen, but of course I would have loved Sandra Bernhard, who Mm. is very much done with talking about her Madonna, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, trials and tribulations. That's why we've never even bothered trying to get her on the show of course. because we're like she's not gonna you know but we've had yeah. nice chats with her in person you know mm. true yeah <laughs> i almost ran over her and her dog uh as i was <laughs> turning the corner on the 20th street in chelsea and she was cross crossing against the light sandra i gotta say mm. yeah, i was well, I, I had the right of way so when she gave me the dirty look as i swerved around her and her dog <laughs> i was like it's your fault sandra <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But Matt, one of one of the the big gets that um, I loved reading, you know, your talk with uh, Vince Patterson because I, you know, he's yes. he's everything. I mean, he created basically the modern concert tour. He really did between Michael Jackson and Madonna mm-hmm. at the tail end of the eighties and early nineties. Yeah. I mean, we really owe such a debt to Vince Patterson, who's working on a memoir. He told me <gasps> at this point, so. That'll be mm. out, I think, later this year, he said. That's um, that's another great. reason why people don't like to do interviews yeah. is because they're saving it for their book. That's true. Well, Vince, you can come tease your book on our show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, He was lovely. He also choreographed the Madonna, Madonna, Madonna moment from The Birdcage. That's right. Robin yeah. Williams. Yes, yes, yes. That was him. Um, in kind of like an impromptu moment on the set, he had been wor- he had done some work with Robin, and Robin wanted a you know he, Robin's kind of playing the like straight man, yeah. no pun intended mm-hmm. in that movie, and um, he kind of like was begging Mike Nichols for like a, a funny scene, and got Vince Patterson to choreograph that kind of almost on the fly. And I mean, it's Twilight, the best part Twilight. of that movie. Michael, Michael Kidd, Michael Kidd, Michael Kidd. Well, Luca Tomasini was like literally at his feet, you know? Yes, yes. (laughs) That's one of my all-time favorite movies. I love The Birdcage is so fantastic. I hope they never remake that movie because... Well, it's already a remake. (laughs) It is, but it's perfect. But it feels like something that would get some kind of contemporary... Mm, Demi Lovato in place of of, uh, Callista Flockhart or something. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, who knows? But... um. Yeah, no, I, so did did people just like, were you like inundated with in, in emails and, and phone calls and people were like, I love, because I was seeing your article getting tweeted and shared all over the place. Yeah, I was really uh, thrilled and, and validated by all the feedback that I got. People really did seem to love it. And uh, I know the, um, I, it did, really great traffic for Mm -hmm. vulture which is i think a a sign that people are still just as fascinated with this era of madonna's career and madonna as a human being as they ever have been despite the fact that only diehards might want to watch madame x um (laughs) so yeah i was really thrilled yeah was was your editor like impressed did he like pull you aside and be like okay we're gonna do more madonna (laughs) Oh, I wish. I wish. I also got very nice. I mean, Alec Kashishian, before I could even send his team a link to the published article that day, sent me this very long text message about how pleased he was with the article and specifically the section about the lawsuit, which tends to get turned into this 
salacious, gossipy, mm-hmm. convoluted sort of thing that I really didn't want to veer into, yeah. partly because even with hearing people talk about it on the record, I still feel like there are details about that whole situation that we don't fully understand mm-hmm. or know. Um, and obviously it was settled, and so there's only so much that yeah. they can say about it, sure. or so they claim. Um, Wait, and, so uh, clear, clear me up on this, because I was I was reading your article, and I was still trying to... I never understood it when I heard about it the first time, but it was the dancers, they were not paid for the movie, even though they were in the movie. So they, they were paid as part of the tour, right? but, they, but the, as the cameras were filming them they didn't realize that that's what the footage was going to become. Right. And then that movie comes out and makes Madonna and her production company a whole lot of money, Mm, but the dancers weren't being compensated and only a couple of them spoke up. Yeah, that is very accurate. Yeah. There were three dancers involved in the lawsuit, two for uh, contractual issues regarding the payments of the film. And then Gabriel, who was, who died of AIDS in Mm -hmm. 1995, sued for invasion of privacy because Madonna and Alec Kashishian uh, didn't want to remove the scene. Of oh, the gay kiss. The, yeah. Yes, and he, kiss w- he wasn't end. out to his family. He wasn't out to his family. So I sort of view it, even though the lawsuit, lawsuit got filed as one big, you know, ordeal, mm-hmm. I sort of view it as two separate cases. I think Gabriel has a far more uh, cogent complaint than mm-hmm. the other guys seem to, uh, only because... I've never, like, we don't know anything about these contracts and what the details of them really were. But what Kevin says in particular is that there was a clause that he negotiated in his contract. So it's possible because Kevin had agents and some of the other dancers didn't. Mm -hmm. He was a bit more... Savvy, uh, yeah. Yeah, savvy and uh, embedded in the industry than than a lot of the other guys were. So... I think some of these contracts might have been negotiated separately, it seems like. Yeah. And Kevin, at least, had a clause in his that said, if this gets turned into a film of some kind, he'll get an extra paycheck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That clause apparently was not honored. And so that led to his and Oliver's suing for contractual reasons. Mm -hmm. That Kevin himself admits, like, Madonna probably never knew that this was in his contract. This was really a a business matter between Madonna's business team and Kevin's agents. But by the time he appeared on, and I didn't even get to this in the oral history because it was too many details. I mean, he did an appearance on Mari at one point. And he told me, and maybe you guys talked to him about this too, like, he told me that when he was sitting there on that chair in that chair on Mari at this time when those, some of those daytime talk shows were transitioning more to like Jerry Springer yeah. type mm-hmm. vibes. He realized in that moment that he had been set up to become this kind of scapegoat for this juicy celebrity gossip about what a terrible person Madonna is, which was never his intent. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing just kind of snowballed into this media scandal that it was never really meant to be his angle on it was strictly about the money and what had been agreed to on a business end. Yeah. Because I mean, if I was in a tour and my film, you know, a film got released with my picture in it, I'd want some some cash. Of course. I mean, it became the highest grossing documentary in history. Mm -hmm. So of course that if you had negotiated that for yourself, you, you have 
you deserve what you um, have set up. Yeah. And, you know, the lawsuit should have remained private. And when that, you know, became salacious news, it put this unfortunate spin that Madonna was, quote, screwing over her dancers. And then in turn, her dancers were you know, upset and looking for vindication. And, and I, you know, like you mentioned, Matt, I think it's a lot more legal than that and, um, and less about emotions, you know? Yeah, I think it is too. Kevin told me that he actually ran into Madonna in around 1999. He was at dinner with David LaChapelle Mm -hmm. not long after they had done after uh, Le Chappelle and Madonna had done the Ray of Light mm-hmm. shoots. Mm-hmm. And um, they were with Sharon Galt, the makeup mm-hmm. artist who appears in um, Truth or Dare and a couple other people. And Madonna was at the restaurant, independent of them, having dinner with Nas, the rapper. And <laughs> Of course. Yes. As, 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 as one, one does. does right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Rebel Heart collab in the making. Mm-hmm. And... Um, at the end of dinner, she came up to their table and was exclaiming how she didn't know that all of them knew each other and, and how great it was to see all of them. And in the course of this conversation, uh, Madonna and Kevin hugged and, and had this warm exchange. And as she turned to walk away, she said, bye, Michael. And Kevin realized that he she had mistaken him for Michael Gregory from The Girly Show. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. And didn't actually know who she was speaking to. And in that moment, he assumed she probably realized, oh, this is the guy who sued me. Fuck him. <laughs> Talk about a beautiful stranger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or if she just did remember who he was. I mean, right. you know, it's, but yes, I'm sure she meets so many people. It's tough for her to keep track of course i don't know this is becoming like a like a trend on our show i love stories of people running into madonna in restaurants Mm. but that you know that's just (laughs) (laughs) yeah so Stefan, what do you say is it time for my favorite part of the podcast well yes i i I think it is i don't know if this is your favorite part of the podcast anymore tony i uh i i think it might be changing i I, I like it you know (laughs) it doesn't have to be my Uh, favorite but i like it (laughs) <laughs> yes, I think it's time for a little lightning round. So, Matthew, as you know from listening to the podcast, we do a little quick hit off the top of your head wherever you're at in your Madonna journey right yes. now. Um, without thinking too hard, favorite Madonna song? Vogue. Favorite Madonna video? Human Nature. Ooh, good Easy. one. Favorite Madonna tour? Uh, in general, confessions of the ones that I've seen, Rebel Heart. Mm. Okay. And favorite Madonna look, and it could be from a video, a tour, a photo shoot. Or maybe an article that you wrote. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, it's hard to beat anything from the early 90s, but just to stretch out of that, because I know a lot of people answer with stuff from around that era, I Mm -hmm. adore the... the uh, Mert and Marcus shoot that she did for Interview Magazine in 2010, where she has, of course, all black on, and she's like, got the crucifix in her mouth, and she's smoking that glamorous cigarette. I just think that is, is just such a beautiful shoot that magazine has been very good to me i sold it on ebay for 20 dollars last summer oh (laughs) madonna memorabilia increases in price yeah actually also i think that shoot is the first time she wore an eye patch which would of course be later become 
a fixture of her most recent mm-hmm. era. Yeah, yeah. That damn was it the first? Now maybe it's not the first now time, you have but it was a I'm, time. I'm, I'm gonna go back and like think of when because I feel like I did see her wear an eye patch at some point in her career. I must and have blocked it. I was out. like, oh, that's before Madame X. And yeah, it's funny though. The Madame X eye patch has done strange things. Like now I'll be walking through the streets of New York and there'll be people wearing a legitimate eye patch. And I'll be like, oh, like Madame X. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, here they are. They probably had like a cataract removed or something. Yes. Every mm-hmm. time I see someone with an eye patch, man or woman, pirate or, you know, regular person, <laughs> I always just go, oh, Madame X, you know? Yes. <laughs> Wake up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Uh, well, Matt, thanks for taking the time and tell. Coming on the show and telling us all about the inside the truth. Or when when is your next Madonna article coming out? You- <laughs> I don't know. I don't have one lined up. I did her birthday's in August. I, yes, I mean, that's true. That's true. Well, start I'm, pitching I mean, it now. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping that because I primarily cover movies, that when the biopic starts coming yeah. up, mm-hmm. that I'll be able to uh, sit with her again, or at least you know dive into that whole. Um, fascinating uh production cycle which has already given us Mm -hmm. lots of fodder to think about (laughs) absolutely but yeah matt thank you so much for sharing all these stories with us and you are now considered a friend of the podcast so feel free to come back whenever you want and let everyone know madonna with you yeah let everyone know where they can find you on social media uh, you can find me by name on Twitter or Instagram. Um, on Twitter, my handle is uh, Terrentalegra. Probably easier to just search me by name. And uh, same on Instagram. Awesome. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at MLBC Podcast. There is a link tree there. So um, you can, you know, look at us in all of our, um, what do you call it? Um, all of our all social media presence, you know, and you can also donate to the podcast. You can like and subscribe to the podcast and give us five stars on Apple. And uh, yeah, share it with all of your fellow Madonna friends and even non-Madonna fans. Maybe we can have a convert in there, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, until next time, we will see you guys soon. Thanks, Matt. See you, Thank everyone. Thank you. And- Bye, guys.